ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد In the previous session of Al-Aqeedah Al-Tahawiyyah, we were discussing the topic regarding seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we mentioned that the Aqeedah of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah is that we cannot see Allah in this world. In this world, in this existence, we cannot see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But that... In the afterlife, after the resurrection, then we will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The people of innovation though, the people of misguidance, they went to the extremes, either on one side or on the other side. Some of them they went to the extreme by saying that we cannot see Allah in this world or in the afterlife. And that is incorrect in opposition to the evidences of the Qur'an and Sunnah. Another group from the deviated ones went to the extreme on the other side. So they said, we can see Allah in this world and in the hereafter. That we can see Allah in this world too. And that is in opposition to the evidences of the Qur'an and Sunnah. We had mentioned the ayah from the Qur'an, وُجُوهٌ يَوْمَئِذٍ نَاظِرَةٌ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاظِرَةٌ That on that day the faces shall be glowing and bright and radiant, looking at their Lord. Some of the scholars of tafsir, they said, The meaning of that is that Allah will prepare their faces to be glowing and bright and radiant in preparation to see their Lord so that they are already upon that beautiful state of face when they come to see Allah. Other scholars of tafsir, they said actually when the believers see Allah As a consequence of seeing Allah, then their faces shall become glowing. Then their faces shall become bright. So there are these two definitions, two different forms of tafsir, regarding the faces becoming glowing and bright and radiant. Either they are already like that in preparation to see Allah, or they become like that after they see Allah. We had other ayat in the Qur'an. For example, there was the ayah or some of the ayat on two occasions, where it mentions how the believers will have everything they want in paradise, and they will have extra. لَهُمْ مَا يَشَاءُونَ فِيهَا وَلَدَيْنَا مَزِيدٌ They will have everything they want in their, 
in paradise and we will have for them extra. In the other ayah, لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُوا الْحُسْنَى وَزِيَادَةِ Those who do righteousness, goodness, for them is paradise and extra. What is the extra? It was mentioned in the hadith, the hadith of Suhaib. قَالْ قَرَأَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ He said that the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم recited لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُوا الْحُسْنَى وَزِيَادَةِ Those who do the righteousness for them is paradise and more. قَالْ إِذَا دَخَلَ أَهْلُ الْجَنَّةِ الْجَنَّةِ He said, when the people of paradise, they enter paradise. وَأَهْلُ النَّارِ النَّارِ And the people of the fire enter the fire. Nada munadin, a caller calls out, Ya ahlal jannah, inna lakum indallahi maw'idan wa yuridu an yunjizakumuh. That, O people of paradise, you have an appointment with Allah that Allah wishes to fulfill for you. Fayaqulun, ma huwa? They say, what is that? Alam yuthaqqil mawazinana. Did he not make our wing scales heavy? Wayubayyidu wujuhana. And make our faces white, bright. Wayudkhilna al-jannah. And did he not enter us into paradise? Wayujirna min al-nar. And protect us from the fire. Has Allah not done all of this for us already? What more is there? And then he mentions in the narration, فَيَكْشِفُ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes al-hijab, the veil. فَيَنظُرُونَ إِلَيْهِ So then they look at him. فَمَا أَعْطَاهُمْ شَيْئًا أَحَبَّ إِلَيْهِمْ مِنَ النَّظَرِ إِلَيْهِ وَهِيَ زِيَادَةِ So Allah did not give them anything more beloved to them than looking at Him and that is the ziyadah, the extra or the addition mentioned in the ayah. We also mention the ayah كَلَّا إِنَّهُمْ عَنْ رَبِّهِمْ يَوْمَئِذٍ لَمَحْجُوبُونَ That nay, they will be veiled from seeing their Lord. Who are the ones who will be veiled from seeing their Lord? The mujrimun, the mushrikun, the kuffar. They will be veiled from seeing their Lord, the fujjar. But then what does that mean? It means that if they, the wrongdoers, the mujrimun, they are going to be veiled from seeing their Lord, then it indicates that the believers, the righteous ones, will not be veiled from seeing their Lord. Then we also spoke about the evidence regarding Musa alayhi salam. When Musa alayhi salam Asked Allah to be able to see him. 
Rabbi arini anzur ilayk. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed him, Lan tarani, that you will not see me. You cannot see me. But then Allah also said, وَلَكِنْ إِنْظُرْ إِلَى الْجَبَلِ فَإِنْ إِسْتَقَرَّ مَكَانَهُ فَسَوْفَ تَرَانِي But look at the mountain. If it stays in its place, then you will see me. فَلَمَّا تَجَلَّى رَبُّهُ لِلْجَبَلِ جَعَلَهُ دَكَّا But then when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed the mountain to see him, the mountain crumbled. So this all indicates that in this world we cannot see Allah, but that in the hereafter we will see Allah. There was the hadith also, لَن تَرَوْ رَبَّكُمْ حَتَّى تَمُوتُوا You will not see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your Lord, until you die. Meaning, once you die after the resurrection, then it is possible to see Allah. There are other ahadith, min sunnah mitlu hadith, Abi Hurairah, radiyallahu anhu qal, anna nasan qalu. Abu Hurairah says that some people, they said, Ya Rasulallah, hal nara rabbana yawm al-qiyamah? O Messenger of Allah, will we see our Lord on the Day of Judgment? Will we see our Lord on the Day of Resurrection? فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to them, هَلْ تُضَارُّونَ فِي رُؤْيَةِ الْقَمَرِ لَيْلَةَ الْبَدْرِ He said to them, Do you find any harm to one another? Do you have to harm each other to see the moon on a full moon night? Is there any problem? Do you have to harm each other, push each other to be able to see the moon on a full moon night? قَالُوا لَا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ They said, no, O Messenger of Allah. قَالْ هَلْ تُضَارُّونَ فِي الشَّمْسِ هَلْ تُضَارُّونَ فِي الشَّمْسِ لَيْسَ دُونَهَا سَحَابٍ That do you need to harm each other to see the sun when there are no clouds in the way? قَالُوا لَا They said, no. قَالَ فَإِنَّكُمْ تَرَوْنَهُ كَذَلِكَ He said, then indeed, likewise, you will see your Lord. Hadith أَخْرَجَاهُ فِي الصَّحِيحَيْنِ Then also we have the Hadith of Jarir ibn Abdullah al-Bajali. قَالْ كُنَّا جُلُوسٌ مَعَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ فَنَظَرَ إِلَى الْقَمَرِ لَيْلَةَ أَرْبَعَ عَشَرَةَ he said we were sitting with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam looked at the moon on the night of the 14th. Meaning it was a full moon. Middle of the month, a full moon. 
So he said, we were sitting with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam looked at the full moon, فقال, and he said, إِنَّكُمْ سَتَرَوْنَ رَبَّكُمْ عِيَانًا You will see your Lord with the actual eyesight of the eyes, عِيَانًا You will see with your eyes, كَمَا تَرَوْنَ هَذَا لَا تُضَامُّونَ فِي رُؤْيَتِهِ Just like you can see this moon and you don't need to crowd over each other to be able to see it. With the ease that you can see it, then with that ease you will be able to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on that day. Here now, Al-Imam Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi, he mentions some points regarding these affairs of aqidah. That when it comes to these affairs of aqidah, we must understand them in accordance to what is in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. He says, وَكَيْفَ تَعْلَمُ أُصُولَ دِينِ الْإِسْلَامِ مِنْ غَيْرِ كِتَابِ اللَّهِ وَسُنَّةِ رَسُولِهِ How can you understand the principles of the religion from other than the book of Allah and the sunnah of His Messenger? How do you expect that you could learn the principles of the religion from any other place besides the Qur'an and the sunnah? وَكَيْفَ يُفَسَّرُ كِتَابُ اللَّهِ بِغَيْرِ مَا فَسَّرَهُ بِهِ رَسُولُهُ صلى الله عليه وسلم وَأَصْحَابُ رَسُولِهِ And how can the tafsir of the Qur'an be given by anything other than what the sahaba or the messenger himself gave as the tafsir and the sahaba gave as the tafsir الَّذِي نَزَلَ الْقُرْآنُ بِلُغَتِهِمْ The Qur'an that was revealed in their language, in the language of Arabic. How can you seek the tafsir of the Qur'an from other than what the Messenger ﷺ mentioned and what is mentioned by the companions? وَقَدْ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, مَنْ قَالَ فِي الْقُرْآنِ بِرَأْيِهِ فَلْيَتَبَوَّعْ فَلْيَتَبَوَّعْ مَقْعَدَهُ مِنَ النَّارِ That whomsoever speaks about the Qur'an from his own Opinion. Whomsoever speaks about the Quran from his own opinion, his own interpretation, whatever he makes up himself as the tafsir. Anybody who does that kind of thing, then the narration says, let him prepare his place in the fire. For the one who speaks about the Quran without knowing what they are talking about, 
without the tafsir of the Prophet ﷺ, without the tafsir of the Sahaba, a person speaks about the Qur'an and the ayat with his own tafsir, with his own intellect, then let that person prepare his place in the fire. There is a narration where Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu he was asked about the ayah wafakihatan wa abba this particular ayah he was asked what is al-abba wafakihatan wa abba what is the abba faqal so he said, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu said, Ayyu sama'in tudilluni wa ayyu ardin tuqilluni idha qultu fi kitabillahi ma la a'lam. He said, What sky or heaven, what sky would give me shade and what earth would give me that support if I was to speak about the Qur'an with something that I don't know. Saying even the skies and the earth would not be in support of me if I began speaking about the Qur'an with that which I have no knowledge of. Here, Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi now makes the point as well in those previous ahadith where it was mentioning about how the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said you will see Allah just as you can see the moon and in the other narration you will see Allah just as you can see the sun. He mentions here and he highlights that this is not to say that there is any comparison being made between Allah and the creation of the sun and the moon. Rather, the comparison being given is the comparison of the ease in seeing. How easily you will be able to see Allah, that's the example being given. There is no comparison being made of the sun or the moon to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly, he then goes on to mention that Al-Imam Al-Tahawi said here, وَالرُّؤْيَةَ حَقٌ لِأَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ Now that we've established all of these narrations, ayat, ahadith that are affirming seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentions that Imam al-Tahawi had said the believers will see Allah or the seeing of Allah is for the people of paradise the seeing of Allah is for the people of paradise. So he had mentioned that only the people of paradise will see Allah. Is that something specific to the people of paradise? 
Of course we know there is no doubt that the people of paradise, the believers, they see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the evidences have already mentioned that. But then Ibn Ibn Izz al-Hanafi also mentions, وَكَذَلِكَ يَرَوْنَهُ فِي الْمَحْشَرِ قَبْلَ دُخُولِهِمُ الْجَنَّةِ That they will also see him on al-mahshar. What is al-mahshar? The place of gathering when the resurrection occurs. When the resurrection occurs, the land of resurrection, where all of the people are resurrected and gathered, that is the mahshar. So on the day of judgment, when they are all resurrected, all of the people on that land, do they all see Allah then? This is before paradise. They have been resurrected, they are upon the land of resurrection, all of the accountability, everything is going to occur. They have not yet entered paradise. He mentions at that time they will see Allah too. كَمَا ثَبَتَ ذَلِكَ فِي الصَّحِيحَيْنِ And that is something which is mentioned in Al-Bukhari and Muslim. And it is also indicated by other statements and other ayat. But the scholars have three opinions about this. The believers who enter paradise, they definitely see Allah. But before you get to the paradise, when everybody is resurrected, and they are on the land of resurrection, the plains of resurrection, do they see Allah then or not? Because right now, when everybody is resurrected on the land of resurrection, there are Muslims there, there are kuffar there, there are... Munafiqun there, this is everybody resurrected. Everybody has been resurrected. Muslims, kuffar, munafiqun, everybody is there. All of the people have been resurrected. And they're all on the land of resurrection. So now, kuffar are there, munafiqun are there. Do all of the people get to see Allah then? Three opinions of the scholars. There are three opinions of the scholars as to whether they see Allah there or not. The first opinion is, لَا يَرَاهُ إِلَّا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ That nobody will see him except the believers. Only the believers will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second opinion is, يَرَاهُ أَهْلُ الْمَوْقِفِ that the people on that land of resurrection, they will all see him. That's the second opinion. Or everyone at that point of resurrection, on the land of resurrection, they will all see Allah. Believers, kuffar. But then afterwards, afterwards, after the initial resurrection when they all see Allah, then Allah after that point veils the kuffar and they can no longer see Allah beyond that. 
That is an opinion. That when everybody is resurrected upon the land of resurrection, then everybody will initially be able to see Allah. We already said though, the kuffar when they see Allah, that won't be a blessing for them. Kuffar, even upon this opinion, let's say this opinion is correct, kuffar are going to see Allah too upon the resurrection. That will not be a sight of blessing for them. That will be a sight which is a recognition of what's to come for them. A sight of recognition of the punishment that they will now receive from their, from their Lord. So that is the second opinion anyway, that when everybody is resurrected, everybody will be able to see Allah the kuffar and the, the Muslims initially. Then after that the kuffar are veiled and only the believers see Allah thereafter. The third opinion is that the believers upon the land of resurrection see Allah. There's no difference about the believers in any of the positions. Believers see Allah. But then in this third opinion they say, the believers see Allah and the munafiqoon will see Allah. But not the open kuffar. Not the clear kuffar, but the munafiqoon, they will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَكَذَلِكَ فِي تَكْلِيمِهِ لِأَهْلِ الْمَوْقِفِ خِلَاف هُنَكَ خِلَاف Similarly, we mentioned before about Allah speaking to the people. Will Allah speak to them all at that time? Even the kuffar, they get spoken to by Allah at that time? Same opinions. Some of them say, no, that's only to the believers, Allah speaks to them then. Others they say to everybody initially. And others they say just to the Muslims and to the munafiqoon. Why the munafiqoon in this third opinion? Why the munafiqoon as well? Because the munafiqoon in this world they used to pretend to be upon Islam. So they are allowed these affairs initially because then afterwards their recompense when it comes, it comes clear cut for them and they end up in the lowest pits of the hellfire in the end. So initially because of the pretense they used to be upon that occurs, that this test carries on and they are along with the believers as they think. But then the accountability occurs and they end up with their due rights of being in the lowest pits of the hellfire. إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ فِي الدَّرْكِ الْأَسْفَلِ مِنَ النَّارِ Then the last thing he discusses here is whether the Prophet ﷺ saw Allah on the night of Al-Isra' Al-Mi'raj. So what is the correct opinion regarding that? Didn't physically see him, so what do you mean? So you have the narration of Aisha radiallahu anha when she said that anybody who says the Prophet saw Allah, anybody who says that the Prophet saw Allah on that night, then he is a liar. But then you have Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma saying that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa saw Allah. 
So how do we combine between those? How do we combine between those two statements of Aisha radiallahu anha and Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma? One saying, anybody who says the Prophet saw Allah that night is a liar, fabrication. But Ibn Abbas saying the Prophet saw Allah on that night. So what does the statement of Ibn Abbas mean that he says the Prophet saw Allah? You saw him in a dream or huh? like you saw him no. physically or did you saw him on that night? This is it because the is a There is the with the eyes, actual seeing, and then there is the So Ibn Abbas he was saying about the vision of the heart that the Prophet saw Allah with the ru'ya qalbiyyah, not with the eyes. Aisha radiallahu anha was saying anybody who says he saw Allah is a liar, meaning anybody who says he saw Allah with the eyes. So the correct position there is that the Prophet did not see Allah on that night. And then just to round off, we already spoke about this topic, was لَا تُدْرِكُهُ الْأَبْصَارُ وَهُوَ يُدْرِكُ الْأَبْصَارُ That no eyesight can encompass Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but He encompasses them. The people of innovation said this is a proof that nobody can see Allah, because Allah tells us the eyesight cannot encompass Him. So how did we respond to that? This is the final section Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi mentions here. How did we respond to that? There's a difference between seeing and, and comprehension. There is a difference between seeing and comprehension. You could see something but not necessarily comprehend it. Ru'ya is something, idrak is something else. So that was not a proof for the people of innovation. In fact, it is a proof against them. Because if Allah is telling us you will not be able to comprehend him, it affirms that we will therefore be seeing him. That's why Allah is telling us you won't be able to comprehend him. If we weren't going to be able to see Allah in the first place, then obviously we're not going to be able to comprehend him. So the fact that Allah tells us this, that you won't comprehend him, is an indication that Allah is going to let us see him. So that is a proof also for seeing Allah. It is not a proof for the people of innovation. That brings us to the end of the chapter regarding seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some of the evidences mentioned there. We therefore understand now the aqeedah of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah regarding seeing Allah. We will see Allah, but we will not comprehend what we see of the might and the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Any questions up to there so far? <coughs> Um, a lot of atheists, they say the only way to determine whether something is true or false is by using our five senses. Because we cannot see God or hear God, how can we believe in a God, let alone worship a God? So what is the best response to that criticism? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us right at the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah 
one of the characteristics of the believers. And this is the whole point of Iman. The whole point of Iman is to have Iman in what Allah has informed us of. الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ Those who have Iman in the unseen. If we could see everything and experience everything. Right now there was a way for us to see the day of judgment and what's going to happen. Right now there was a way for us to see in the grave and what happens in the barzakh. Then everybody in the world would have iman. Everybody, you can see it happening, khalas. Even the scientists will say, there you go, it's happening, believe in it. So then where is the mu'min, where is the, the belief, where is the iman? That's the point of iman. Allah has tested us in this world with these affairs. Shaitan has come to them now and said, no, you can't see that happening. You can't see what's going on in the grave. You can't believe in that. How can you believe in that when you can't prove it, you can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't smell it? Shaitan has come to them with these diversions. As a believer, as a mu'min, then this is the test and the trial that Allah placed upon us. That we have iman in the unseen. We do not see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We do not even see what happens in the barzakh, what happens on the day of judgment yet. The angels, the jinn. But we have iman in all of these things. But on top of that, on top of that, their argument is false. And their argument is false because it is not. Uh, the actual hypothesis they bring is not accurate to begin with. That you can only believe in something that you can test with your five senses. That is not the case. The actual correct academic way to explain to them is that you can also believe in something whereby you see the consequences of it. The consequences of it. So for example, now you walk into this room and you see the chairs are wet. You walk into the room and you see the chairs are wet. You know for definite that somewhere, somehow, a leak or a bucket or somebody spraying, somebody, somehow, there was some method of water having gone on those chairs, water was in the room. They give you an example of the desert. They say, if you're walking in the desert, massive desert, no nothing anywhere. Walking around in the desert, no footsteps, no nothing, you're lost in the desert. Then all of a sudden, you see some camel droppings. You know, not too long ago, there must have been a camel that went by. You know that. Any of your five senses tell you that the camel is there? Can you touch the camel, see the camel, smell the camel? Any of your senses onto the camel itself? Rather, now you know of the existence of the camel because of a consequence or an athar, as they say, something which has resulted from that camel being there. So as a consequence of that, you now believe that there was a camel, or even if you want to get technical, you could say at least you believe somehow someone put that there. Either it was a camel or it was somebody just coming and have, dumping some camel dump in the, in the desert. Somehow that got there. It didn't get there by itself. Either a camel did it, or a human just came and dumped 
the camel feces there, someone put that there. It wasn't just the sand blown around made into feces. It came there somehow. Most likely a camel going past. If you want to get weird about things, maybe it was a human who dumped it there, maybe some... It got there via some way. So now the same with this earth. The same with the earth. These mountains, these rivers, the sun, the moon didn't just appear just like you would never believe me if I told you that the feces just appeared in the middle of the desert. You would not believe me that the feces appeared in the middle of the desert just by themselves. You know there was a camel or someone that left those feces there. Then in the same way this whole planet, this whole earth, it did not just appear by itself. This is a consequence of something. And these atheists and these types of academics have to believe in consequence. That's all a part of science. Consequence, cause and effect and all these types of things. So now that is a result of someone being there, a camel being there. This whole earth is a result of someone creating it. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're going to tell them, so you believe the earth by itself through natural consequences and atoms and Big Bang and everything, and that's where we got to today. So I think, okay, the, the feces in the desert, perhaps, we don't know, maybe there are certain chemicals in the desert and in the sand and the way they come together, they end up making feces. He's going to say, no chance. That's a camel, obviously. They give you the example of one of the scholars of the past about the ship. He was going to have a debate with some atheists. But he was late for the debate. So the atheist, they said to him, where have you been? He said, I was out on my boat. I was out on my boat. And there was a storm. And my boat sank. And I was struggling out at sea. But a big storm was going on. And I wasn't too far from the shore. And the storm broke off the branches from the trees near the shore. The branches flew around, hit each other, and they made the shape of a boat. Perfectly, no gaps, no holes, perfectly in the shape of a boat. The branches just collided into each other. So I got onto that and I got back to land, and now I made it just a bit late. They said to him, are you mocking us? Are you mocking us? That's your reason for being late, are you mocking us? You're trying to tell us the wind blew the branches and they just coincidentally banged into each other exactly right without a single hole in them, nothing for it to float like a boat and you came back in it boats don't make themselves with branches flying into each other no matter how often you try it do a scientific experiment with the jet stream it'll take you millions and millions and millions and you won't get to the exact perfect branch touching each other without any holes they say that's a mockery, they don't come together like that we make boats and ships and put them together Branches in the wind can't just come together exactly like a boat and float. He said, okay, well, if you don't believe that, you don't believe a few branches can bang into each other in the wind and just fit right as a boat without any holes. You don't believe in that, something as small as a boat. But how do you believe that this whole earth, how do you believe this whole earth just banged into each other atoms and it just appeared as it is? You cannot believe that a few branches can bang into each other and make a boat, but you believe this whole earth, the atoms banged into each other and we got to where we are. 
So the reality is the atheists, they have no arguments. Anything else? هذا قول من أقوال العلماء هناك قولين أحدهما الذي ذكرت الآن Alright, we'll conclude upon that for today then Inshallah ta'ala next weekend remember there is no class Next weekend there is no class it is the Birmingham conference So everybody try and make an effort to go down to the conference next week And in two weeks time we'll come back here inshallah ta'ala